So if you open your Bibles, great passage of Scripture, great passage of Scripture, Numbers chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. And we'll look at verse 16. The Lord therefore said to Moses, Gather to me 70 men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people, test them, and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting. Let them take their stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there. Watch this, leaders. And I will take of the Spirit who is upon you, and I will put him upon them. with you so that you, Moses, will not bear it alone. I want to talk about from burden to blessing, sharing the burden of ministry. A young single person wants help distinguishing between infatuation and the real thing middle-aged executive, amen, has just gotten laid off from his job and wonders where to turn. A mother confesses her anger occasionally led her to violence towards her children. The situation varies, but these people all have, all seek counsel, amen, from the same source, and that is the pastor. It's amazing to me, but because many times in my pastorate, amen, these last 12 years, from the beginning to now, there were, there's been moments where I wanted to give up. I have been broken. Uh, I've been distressed. I've been hurt. Uh, I felt like a failure at times. But oftentimes what I found out, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to run away from ministry. I wanted to just throw in the towel because of the pressure of ministry. I thought I had a picture of something, but it didn't turn out the way that I pictured it. I'm talking to somebody. You see, a lot of people look at the glory, but they don't know about the story. I've worked hard, and yet... No results. I've prayed hard, and yet no results, so I thought. I've tried new things. I've tried changing the way I dress. I've tried changing my approach to the Scripture. I've tried different things only to find myself coming back to where I started. I'm talking to somebody. I've had people come, and I've had people go. I've had leaders who stood with me, and I've had leaders that stabbed me in the back. I've been wounded. I've, I've had my share of wounds and my share of scars in ministry, only to find myself going right back, amen, to the same place where I've been hurt. I want to say to somebody here today, amen, that oftentimes in ministry, and I talk to our leaders but I want to say this, but it's not just leaders. We all lead in our lives. You have the leadership of your children. You have may have lead at your job. There are different places that we lead, but 
Leadership has its share of struggles. And we find that there are a lot of people who they struggle with the pressures of ministry. They struggle with the pressure of leadership. Today, I want to say to somebody as a leader, even in your home or even at church, we bear the burdens of the people of what we lead, and we also bear the burdens of who we lead. In our passage today, we find that Moses had been the leader of Israel. We find that Moses had answered the call of God to take, amen, 600,000 people. Amen. What a big church. He started off with a big church, y'all. <laughs> Taking 600,000 people from Egypt, amen, to the promised land. We find that Moses has started out in this journey. He was enthusiastic. He was full of life. He was ready to take on whatever God, come on somebody. I don't know about you, but I remember when I first started. I remember that I thought that I would take over the world for Jesus. But I soon found out that I had an adversary. I soon found out that Satan doesn't play fair. Do I have anybody? I found out that no matter how good I was to the membership, it seems like, amen, folk just turned on me. It seemed like I was trying my hardest to give my all, but, but I found out that people will let you down. Can I say something to somebody this morning? Amen. The thing about ministry that I found out, ministry is not about programs. Ministry is about people. And can I tell somebody something this morning? That wherever there are people, you'll have disappointments. Come on, tell somebody. Wherever there are people, there will be disappointments. Because people are unpredictable. And there are some people who say, Pastor, I will be with you till the end. Anybody been there before? You've had people who say, I'm a, I'm a ride or die. Amen. We're going all the way. Amen. Only when trials and circumstances show up in their lives and in ministry, they find themselves turning away from the Lord. Do I have anybody? I want to say to you, somebody here this morning, it's going to be all right. I want to say to somebody this morning that no matter how tough ministry may get, no matter how hard your leadership in your life may become, you got to hold on because you got to remember a few things. You got to remember that God is the one that called you to do this. And here's the thing, anything that comes easy is not worth having. Do I have anybody? And so we find here in the book of Numbers, we find that uh, there are two numberings in the book of Numbers. We find that the Israelites during their 38 years, amen, of wandering, this is what the book of Numbers covered, 38 years of wandering around in the same place. The reason why they were wandering around in the wilderness is because they failed to believe God. You know, it's a hard thing to convince people, amen, to believe God. And leaders, I want to tell you, Something that when you're leading in the church, and especially in church, you got to remind yourself that not everybody has your passion. Not everybody has your, amen, your well-being in mind because everybody has an agenda. Do I have anybody? And if that agenda is not God's agenda, 
And if that agenda is not what God wants for you, you got to understand that people will try to turn you in a different direction. I'm talking to somebody here this morning. And I want to tell you something, amen. Everybody who says they're called to preach, amen, has made a declaration to the devil that you are a high target. And, and, and today we find that Satan wants to discourage us in this journey. We carry burdens. Do I have anybody? Listen, when you deal with people, ministry is not just about getting up on Sunday morning and sounding cute with a whole lot of nursery rhymes and taking the scripture and twisting it and, and moving it and taking it out of context and making it what you want it to be. Ministry is about people. It's people-based. And there with people comes their burdens. A good pastor shares the burdens of his people. When they're sick, he carries the burden. When they're going through marital issues, he carries the burden. When, when they're having emotional breakdowns, come on somebody, amen, he carries the burdens with them. And we find in Numbers, we find that Moses had gotten to a point where Moses thought he was super Moses. Amen. From Egypt, he's carrying all the burdens with him. And I'll show you in a minute in this passage. In this passage today, I'll show you what happened to a man, amen, who was carrying all these burdens and he almost gave up. And so we find that in spite of his uh, trials, we find in chapter 10, they are out in the wilderness. God has set up a way, if you look at chapter 10 with me, it's something I want to show you. I believe God is interested in leaders. I really do. I, I believe God loves his leaders. And I want to say to you leaders today, God loves you. He didn't just make a mistake when he chose you. Come on, somebody. That you are significant. That in spite of your shortcomings, in spite of what you think you can't do, that's the problem. God can do it through you because you can't do it. And that's the whole reason why God chose you. Come here, Peter. <laughs> Amen. Come here, John. Amen. Come here, Andrew. Come, come here. Come here, Noah. Amen. People who you would think that God wouldn't use, God will use them. But in chapter 10, what happened, because the place was, because there were so many people, God decided that he would, in chapter 10, he said here, look what he says, and the Lord spoke further to Moses saying, make yourself two trumpets of silver, of hammering wood, work. You shall make them and you shall use them for summoning the what? The congregation. See, every time you hear the trumpet, you ought to come. Every time you hear the trumpet, God was saying, that means you gather the congregation together. I wish I had somebody. I thought I'd get some shout right there. I see what's happening. Amen. Watch this. When you sound the alarm, blow the trumpet, the folk will show up. I'm talking about the congregation. But watch this. Watch the text. The text says that they shall summon the congregation and for having the camps set out, when both are blown, 
all the congregation should gather themselves to you at the doorway of the tent of meeting. So there was one blow to set out. There was another blow to come to church. I'm going somewhere. The tent of the meeting was the place where God met the people. The people would come to the tent of the meeting. Moses would make intercession for them for their sins. And so God said there's so many people. They didn't have no cell phone. They couldn't text. And they couldn't email. So God said the next best thing, amen, is to blow a trumpet. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better blow that trumpet. God needs you in his house. Come on, somebody. Watch what he said. He says, yes. If only, watch this, if only one is blown, then what? I wish I had somebody. See, I believe that the leaders have to be first at church. I believe that God says when you blow that trumpet once, it's for, the, it's for who? The leaders. When you blow it twice, it's for the who? The congregation. God has two different blows, two different sounds. For two different peoples. I believe that God has selected you and called you out of the called out so that you can do the work of the Lord. Do I have anybody? Moses, God says, this is what I want you to do, man. I want you to gather my people so that guess what? We can get together and we know what's happening within the congregation. Now watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. So we get down to chapter 11. We have a little problem in chapter 11. In chapter 11, we find that not only did God set up a way to gather the people and a way to bring his leaders together, y'all following me? But watch this. In chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now the people became like those who complain of what? Adversity in the hearing of the Lord. Now, you got to get the picture here. They were in Egypt. God had brought them out into the wilderness. God has taken care of them. Watch this. And even from the moment they left Egypt, from the moment they got to the Red Sea, I wish I had somebody, they started to complain. They were trying to figure out how, I wish I had somebody, and not who was going to part the Red Sea. I've told you before, amen, that sometimes in life you will come before some Red Seas, but you got to remind yourself the God that you called on before you got to the Red Sea is the same God that's going to open that Red Sea and bring you through, hallelujah, and deliver you. But watch this. Watch this. He delivered them into the wilderness. So here they are walking around in the wilderness. They're constantly complaining. And I want to say this to you. Wherever there's people, there's problems. Wherever there's people, there'll be what? Complaints. I see so many leaders who give up. I see so many leaders who throw in the towel. Because folks start complaining about what they don't have, about what they want, about their comfortability. And here's the thing. Moses is carrying this burden from Egypt, come on somebody, into the wilderness. And he has...
that it got too much for him. Watch this. Watch the text. Watch the text. The text is rich. It says, now the people became like those who complained of adversity in the hearing of the Lord. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and, the, and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp, some of the outskirts of the camp. The people therefore cried out to Moses, and what did Moses do? Moses, Moses did what? Moses prayed to who? The Lord. Now watch this. Watch this now. And the fire died out. The people complained so much that God got so hot, he threw down some fire. <laughs> he started to burn up some stuff. Now, what God was think, what God was, what God was doing was trying to show them, listen, y'all, think back. Remember what I said earlier about, about teaching our kids our, their history? Oftentimes, saints, what happens to us is that we get caught up in the moment and we forget what God had done for us. These people had nothing to complain about. As a matter of fact, these people should have been so grateful that every time they heard the trumpet, come on somebody, every time they heard the trumpet, they should have been praising God. But oftentimes what happens is this. Oftentimes people get influenced by other people. Watch the text. It's in the Bible. Watch what it says. It says here in verse 4, it says, and the who? You know what the rabble is? Renegades. <laughs> you know what the rabble is? Egyptians that they brought with them, foreigners, that they had brought with them, watch this, in the journey. And oftentimes, I told you this last week, God is calling us to leave some people behind because God knows that they're no good for you. Come on, somebody. And I know you've been trying to hang around that place and hang around those people, but God is saying to you, you got to leave them people alone. These people, these rabbles, watch what the text says. Text says the rabbles who were among them had what? Greedy desires. Watch this, watch this, watch this. And also the sons of Israel wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? Now, you got to remind yourself of some things here. First of all, God is taking care of Israel. God is providing everything they need. God knew what, listen, God had made them vegan. But that's really what they were. They were vegans. Because manna, the word manna means what is it? <laughs> Amen. The Bible talks about what they did with it. They, watch this, they crushed it, they pressed it, they boiled it, and then they made cakes. I wish I had somebody. But somebody in the camp got infected, a little leaven, leavens the whole lump. It's amazing to me what people will complain about. It's amazing as a leader, you got to remember, folk will complain about the carpet. They're going to complain about the chair. They're going to complain where the offering basket is. They're going to complain about how the pastor sip his water, how he put his tie. They're going to complain about everything. And here these people are. They got influence. 
influenced by other people. You got to be careful of people that will influence you to start complaining. Do I have anybody? Watch the text. The text says, the text says that they had they had they had gotten tired. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It says, we remember. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. We remember what? The fish we used to used to eat free in Egypt. The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic, but now our appetite is gone. There's nothing at all. There's what? There's nothing at all to look at. Now, I don't know about you. Let me see if I, boy, y'all making me work today. First of all, let's talk about it. First of all, you in the wilderness. <laughs> you in the wilderness, you have nothing. But miraculously, every day when the dew falls, God provides for you. Let, let me bring it closer to home. Let me bring it closer to home. Let me, let me you make minimum wage. Come on, somebody. Yeah. yeah, come on, somebody. You got one income in the home, but yet the bills are paid. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Watch this. Watch this. You make it to work on a wing and a prayer. Come on, somebody. You have no gas money. But yet you make it there every day until payday. Do I have anybody? But yet you're complaining about the job that you prayed for, the God that you asked, the God you fasted, you prayed. You say, God, please give me this job. Do I have anybody? Here they are in the wilderness. And they're in this wilderness and they're complaining they're like, man, we remember, first of all, let's back up for a minute. You wasn't free in Egypt. Yeah, you got, yeah, 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 you got free food. Come on, somebody. You got, what, what's called three meals and a cot, or uh, three, three hots and a cot. <laughs> Amen. You, you got, you, listen, the funny thing about these people is that they only thought about their stomach. They were only interested in themselves. What I'm trying to tell you, leaders, is that when you're dealing with people, they're very complex. And people will complain about some of the things that you say to yourself, man, I can't even believe you're complaining about that. Can I tell you something? Can I ask you a question this morning? Has God been good to you? Come on, somebody. I mean, when you really look back over your life, when you really look at your situation right now, when you really sit back and evaluate, yeah, baby, we may be in the wilderness right now, but guess what? Greater days are coming. Do I have anybody? The God that brought us out of Egypt is the same God that's going to take care of us out here in the wilderness. And sometimes it's hard to survive in the wilderness when you have other people complaining. Come on, somebody. Baby, you got to stop complaining and have some faith. Because guess what? Yeah, we may be eating manna right now. We may only have ramen noodles. I remember those ramen noodles days, boy. I remember that's all we had. But guess what? God still made a way. It may have been tough. It may be rough right now. But you got to hold on to God's unchanging hand. That the same God that kept you is the same God that will feed you. The same God that kept you all through what 
It's the same God that will do it again. Turn to your neighbor and say, he'll do it again. He'll do it again, I tell you, he'll do it again. He'll do it again and again and again. But they got tired of God's provision, and they started to complain. Saints, I want to tell you something. As a pastor, it's hard when you have to stand every Sunday and preach and tell people to trust God, knowing in their hearts, amen, they're saying something different when they walk out the door. Knowing that when you poured your heart out in study and you pour your heart out and you come as a representative of God and they say to you, yeah, pastor, amen, and when, when they walk out, they live differently. They still complain. Saints, I want to tell you something. We got to stop complaining. We have to appreciate what God has done for us. Yes, I understand right now you got to eat manna. But can I ask you a question? Whose hands did it come from? It came from God. And yeah, I may have to cut back my cable. Come on, somebody. I, I may have to go to cricket and get me a cricket phone. I wish I had somebody. I may not be able to get on the on the good on the uh, yeah on the good provider. I may not be able to have good signal every now and then. But the same God that's keeping me is the same God that's going to eventually bless me. Don't forget where you're headed. You're headed to Canaan. Hallelujah to His holy name. The people of God, the people of God, they've got, they got to the place of like, man, hold on, man. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, man. Who will give us meat to eat? Who will give us, listen, we're tired of being vegan. We're tired of eating rice. We want to eat some meat. Yep, man needs some meat sometimes. I wish I had some. <laughs> Amen. Meat and potatoes. Amen. Can you imagine the condition they were in? They got healthier in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on. Do you know foods affect? No cancer. No diabetes. They were juicing. Yeah, amen. Manna. Every single day they ate manna. Was it good enough? You crushed it. Amen. You grind it. And guess what? You boil it. Every single day, God says, I'm providing for you. Listen, see, that's the problem. The thing is, we can't really appreciate what we have because we're thinking about what we used to have. Can I ask you something? Who gave you what you used to have? It came from the hand of the devil. I wish I had somebody. What do you think Egypt represents? Oh, come on. Come here, Daniel. Come here, Daniel. Daniel said, hey, 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 hey. with the king's choice food. Give me vegetables and water. And in 30 days, come back and see how I look different. The Bible says that Daniel looked better than those that were drinking the wine. Saints, I want to tell you something. Everything that looks good ain't good for you. I'm going to say it one more time. Everything that looks good ain't good for you. And here they are. They let some other people, listen, look, look what they start 
stuff. They said, we had fish. We had onions. We had a little garlic. <laughs> Listen, at least the food was seasoned. God put them on a strict diet. Come on, somebody. Come on. So let me get to my points here right quick. Watch what he said. Watch what he said. Watch what he said. Watch, what he said. Watch verse 7. He says, now the manna was like Corindia seed. And it appeared like that of Benjamin. These are just spices and stuff. The people would go about and gather it and grind it between two mills and beat it in the mortar and boil it in the pot and make cakes with it. And it, its taste was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. And when the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna would fall with it. Verse 10. Now Moses heard. See, this is, this is where leadership comes in. Moses heard the weeping throughout their families, each man at the door of his tent. Can you imagine 600,000 people and each tent there is moaning and groaning and complaining. Can I tell you something? In 12 years as a pastor, I've heard it all. <laughs> I've heard moaning. I've heard groaning, and I've heard complaining. I've heard people tell me, Pastor, I don't think, I don't know if I could do that. I don't think I could do that. But I want to tell you something. The text goes on to say, each man was there, and the Lord, yeah, and the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Now, I want to say this to you. If you really, the text tells, it's, it's telling the text is telling us something, that God does not take kindly, oh, I wish I had some, to complainers. Can I ask you a question? Have you been complaining? Because I want to tell you something, you will never see the favor of God if you keep crying and complaining about what you don't have, about what you used to have. See, if I didn't give my tithe, be able to have some meat. Listen, they only thought about what? The stomach. Gosh, y'all. God said, God said, God said, listen, what is up with these people? Watch what God said. God said, listen, listen, listen. The Lord's anger was kindled right there, right there, right there. Verse 11. So Moses said, now this is the part I want to show you right here. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So Moses did what? So Moses said to the Lord, now I want to show you the burden of a pastor. Look what Moses said. Moses said, Lord, why? <laughs> Lord, why? <laughs> if you read the whole verses in 10 through 15, you'll see Moses' why, was, and where. Moses said, Moses said, why have you been so hard to on your servant? Watch this. And I have, and why have I not found what? Favor in your sight. That you have laid the burden of all these people on me. Was it I who conceived this people? Was it I who brought them forth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom and nurse, come on somebody, and nurse them Come on, somebody, as an, as a, as an infant, <laughs> to the land which you swore to your fathers. 
Look at verse 13. He says, where am I to get meat to give to all these people? Can I tell you something? You know what I see here? I see a real passion. Because watch what Moses did. Moses took the burden. You know how many pastors quit ministry every week? You know how many depressed pastors there is out there? You know, I mean? you know why they get up in flux? Why they're frustrated? Why they turn to the bottle? Y'all ain't trying to. Y'all not trying to hear me. Listen, 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 listen. Pastors who are trying their hardest. But guess what? They're taking on the burden of people. They're complaining about meat. And Moses is saying, God, no, 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 listen. God, what? Listen, listen. You've been asking God for your breakthrough. I've been telling you you're going to get your breakthrough. And guess what? Guess what? You ain't seen it yet. So, Pastor, you a liar. <laughs> because guess what? I've been waiting and waiting. Pastor, you said God going to heal me. Guess what? He hadn't healed me yet. You said my finances are going to get better, but it ain't happened yet. And God, Moses had to go back, God, God, God. Come on, God. Come on, God. Come on, God. Watch the text. Watch the text. Watch the text. What? Where am I going to get this, Lord? That's a good pastor. A pastor wants to know, God, how are we going to do this? But watch this, watch the text, watch the text. Where am I going to get meat for this people? For they weep before me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. Look at verse 14. He says, I alone am not able. Moses had finally gotten, watch this, from Egypt, watch this, to the wilderness, deep into the wilderness. He had finally gotten to the point where he couldn't take no more. He was broken. He was burdened down. Matter of fact, he was depressed. And watch what he says. He says, I can't carry this people, Lord. I can't carry this because it's too burdensome for me. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. So if you're going to deal thus with me, we laugh, but that's a reality. There's been days to kill myself, but I wanted to give up. I, 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 I'm going to tell you this. There's been days in ministry, especially around anniversaries, when I expect to see people that I have prayed for, that I have labored with, that I have, that I have helped, that I have given to, and they never show up. They never say thank you. Listen, it's been a burden, but there's a blessing. Come on, somebody. It's been a burden, but it's been a blessing. I will watch people look me in the eye and tell me, Pastor, I want to do this for the Lord. And they just walk away from the Lord from the moment they get their blessing. That is burdens. That hurts. I hurt. I can imagine how God feels. So, leaders. I want to tell y'all something. Huh. This is a people business. This has nothing to do with programs. Your presence as a leader means something. But you got to carry people's burdens. 
so you can't have no attitude. You know how many times I wanted to throw in the towel? You know how many times I wanted to say, you know what, I'm done with this, man. I'm through with this, man. Please, I can do Man, I can go make me some money. Many times, as folk has talked about me, lied on me, come on somebody, say all kinds of stuff about what I wasn't, but when you needed me, I was right there. I stood with you. When you got sick, I was there. When your children were in trouble, I was there. Come on, somebody. Burdens, y'all, burdens. When you complained, I was there. Moses said, listen, God, you know what? Just kill me. <laughs> I mean, just as plain as day, right? Moses said, Lord, you know what? Forget all this. Guess what? Kill me. I understand. Just kill me right now. Because I can't do this. I cannot do this. He said, he said, so if you're going to deal thus with me, please kill me. I mean, I don't know anybody who's just begging. To, listen, you got to look, you got to look. This is, this is what I teach my students. I tell them you got to look within the text. It's there. He's not just asking. He's pleading with God. Please kill me. God, kill me. If I have found favor in your sight and do not let me see my what? Can I ask you a question? When did it become about Moses? But it goes to show you what pastoring is really, what pastoring is really about. Pastoring is not you just having a church. Pastoring is about you loving God's people in spite of their wretchedness. And you can see your own wretchedness. And you know what Moses felt like? A failure. And there are times as leaders, you're going to feel like a failure. There's times when you've been trying to get people to cooperate with you, to try to get you to do things with you, and they're like, man, whatever. And you're going to feel like a failure, but you got to hold on. Because there's hope in this passage. Look at what God said. You know, I, I, had, I, had, I had said something. This is what I said. If God wanted to, he could have just said, there's the, there's the meat. But God revealed something to me about this passage. It's deeper than just meat. They needed human intervention. They needed another face, another face, another face, another face, another face. Moses, bro, you can't do this by yourself. That's the problem with most pastors. I want to do it all. I'm sorry. Can I tell you, I made that mistake in the beginning. I thought I, I had to print the program. <laughs> I thought I had to do the media. I thought I had to cut, uh, edit the audio. <laughs> I thought I had to set up a church. I thought I had to do everything because if it wasn't done the way that I wanted it, oh, come on, say amen. God said, well, until you get it together, I'll, now watch this, watch this. You ready for this? 
these 70 men was already in the congregation. I wish I had the slide. And for all this journey, they had already been there. God has already given us what we need. We just got to give other people opportunities to operate, watch this, in their calling. Do I have anybody? And here's the thing. If you're going to be a blessing, if, you, if you're going to be, if you're going to share the burden of ministry, leadership, watch what the text says. The text says in verse 17, I'm sorry, in verse, uh, verse 16, watch what it says. It says, the Lord said to Moses, okay, Moses, I'm sorry. Look what he says. He says, he said, he said, he says, he says, the Lord said, the Lord, the Lord therefore said to Moses, you remember what the there is there for. He's about, he's begging God to kill him. God, kill me. Take my life. God says, I got you. I got you, boy. I got you, boy. Watch this. You, you know what the lesson is there? That when you don't know what to do, cry out to the Lord. That when it gets tough, when folk won't show up, when things get hard, call on the Lord. Now watch the text. The text is beautiful. He says, the Lord said to him, gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel whom you know. See, don't lay hands suddenly on no man. Whom you know to be what? Elders of the people. So, so what God was telling Moses to do is like, listen, find you some men. Oh, I wish I had somebody. That you know. Come on, somebody. That displays leadership qualities. Watch the text. The text says from the elders of the people and their officers and bring them where? to the. To, so I see the who. Now I see the where. Where do you bring them? <laughs> Bring them to the what? To the tent of meeting. You know what the tent of meeting was? The church. They could not enter in the tent, but they could stand at the yeah, at the gate, at the door of the tent. Watch the text. And let them what? Take their stand there with you. Let, let me tell you something. I believe that this is not just for leaders, but it's also for members. For the members, I want to encourage you this way. Stop complaining and support your pastor. For the leaders, hallelujah, you got to bear the burdens with your pastor. And, and I want to tell you, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, it says this. It says, obey your leaders, for they keep watch over your soul as those who will give an account. Yeah, Lord. But he says, let them do it with joy and not grief. Watch this. For this would be unprofitable for you. First point I want to give you today is that if you're going to be a, if you're going to go from burden to blessings, if you're going to share the burden of ministry with your leader, the first thing you have to do is you have to take, we have, you have to what? Stand with your leader. You have to do what? Stand with your leader. Listen, 
God said to them, stand. Now, this word stand in the Hebrew, the word means to take a place of honor. It's not just standing with them, but it's believing in them. It's not just standing with them, but it's knowing that the God that you serve together is the same God, hallelujah, that is leading your leader. Do I have anybody? And if you're going to be a blessing, you got to be, you got to stand with him even when it looks dim, even when it looks dark, even when life, yeah, Lord, has thrown you a curveball. You got to be able to say, man, I'm going to stand with my leader. I'm going to stand with you. Watch this, because here's the thing. The more we stand together, the stronger we become. I wish I had somebody. God could have done anything to give them meat. God could have lifted the burden from Moses. But God says, Moses, I got some men. I got some leaders. Hallelujah. That's going to stand with you. No matter how hard it gets. In the time that we live right now, we find that leaders are turning their backs on the kingdom. Because they got their feelings hurt. Because this pastor didn't let me do this. Or this pastor didn't let me do that. Can I tell you something? You don't need no passive leader. You need a leader going to tell you like a T-I-S. Like a T-I-S. Because guess what? We live in a day right now where folk are compromising the word. But we need some people who's going to stand on the truth. That's going to stand on God's word and say, God, I'm going to stand on your word. I'm going to stand with my leader in spite of. God said, stand before me. Bring them to the tent. Here's the, here's the reason why I said that tent. Because out of those 70 leaders, there were 68. Two of them were missing. You know where they were? Where they were? They were in their tent. You know that what their attitude was? Man, I ain't going to that meeting today. Shoot, he always calling for a meeting. Boy, I wish, you know what, maybe I, I wish you saw it. I wish you saw it with me. I ain't going to that meeting. Shoot, he always, why he always got to meet? What do you want to meet about now? Why we got to be here every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock to talk about the church business? Some of you, I haven't seen you last year at all. <laughs> Amen. But you want to leave. You want to tell somebody to do something. But you don't want to come find out what's really going on at the church. Am I talking to myself? Listen, my question is where the, where the Bible says, if you keep reading, just read the whole chapter 11. But watch, the Bible says two of them. Decided, we ain't going to do this. Y'all go on. We be right here. Guess what? He going to say the same thing he said last week. <laughs> he ain't talking about nothing. Disrespect. That's disrespectful, y'all. Folk talk about the pastor like that. He ain't talking about nothing. Watch, let, let me go. Let me go. Verse 17. Look what it says. He said, when you get, I'm sorry, verse 16 says, and when you come there, verse 17 says, then I will what? Notice, God says, 
He wasn't going to show up. The reason why I had you sit in the front. See, I believe that leaders need to sit in the front anyways. Watch this. You know why? Because God said, I ain't going to show up till everybody else shows up. Because I ain't going to speak twice. <laughs> I'm going to speak once. And oftentimes, what happens to us, we miss it. And let me tell you why we miss it. Because we're not present. We're not where we're supposed to be. But watch the text. The text says, the text says, then I'll come and speak with you that. So the next thing is not only, not only number one, must you stand with your leader, but the next thing is you must be available. You must be what? Available. Some of you I can't even read it. Text. I even, I even tried to, I even tried, I, listen. Tried to send an SOS with some smoke. I've been looking for you for, in Bible study. I tried to beep you. I couldn't even get you on the beep. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to hear that. I'm saying one more time. I tried to beep you. I sent up some smoke signals try, thinking you'd look up and say, oh, yeah, Pastor needs me. But you just said, oh, I, ain't, no, I ain't feeling that today. I got better things to do. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not available. <laughs> Y'all with me? I don't think you heard me. Listen, God was leaving his abode to come down, to come down. I'm saying one more time, to come down. I'm saying one more time, to come down. You're wondering why I'm not hearing anything from God. Because you're not where you're supposed to be, but you're not available to God so he can speak to you. You got to be available. Watch the text. Watch the text. Text goes on. Text goes on. I got to hurry up. He says, and I will, now watch what he says he's going to do. He says, I will what? I will take, verse 17, verse 17, I will do what? I will take, whoa, 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 whoa. God says, I will take of the spirit who's upon you, Moses, and I'm going to take it, watch this, and I'm going to put it on you. I'm going to say it one more time. I, here's what I understand. Listen, when I saw this passage, I, I, so love and worship. Give me my next point. Watch. You know why I said don't be available? Because it ain't happening. You know why they do it halfway? You know why they put the program and shift it? And they, you know what I mean? They leave a word out, a period, you know what I mean? The exclamation mark, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Beside me doing that, guess what? Guess what? They don't have the spirit of the leader. If you have your pastor's spirit, guess what? You're going to beat them to the altar. Come on, somebody. You'll be here first. If you have your pastor's spirit, you'll be available. God says the solution, Moses, I, I'm not taking your depressed spirit. 
because I know that's just talk. You, you're broken right now. You're disappointed right now. But I'm going to take your spirit. I'm going to show you an observation of this passage that will blow your mind. Watch this. Watch this. I found out why the disciples didn't stay after Jesus was put on the cross. They didn't have the spirit. And when you don't have the spirit, I'm talking to y'all. If you don't have the spirit, listen, at some point, you got to stop doing things with your old spirit. And at some point, you ought to do it with excellence with the spirit that God has given your pastor. You say, Pastor, I love the way you do things. But guess what? You can do it too. You know why? Because God wants to impart. I'm going to say it one more time. He wants to impart his spirit. He wants to place the man of God's spirit upon you. I realize something. The reason why people cannot understand the man of God, especially the leadership, What did Elijah pray? What did, what did Elijah pray? Pray, Lord, please do what you said. That's what he said. He said, Lord, give me what? I don't see if I got any Bible readers in here. Give me a no, Lord. Give me a double portion of your spirit. Can I ask you a question? desire a double portion of your pastor's spirit. And when you have his spirit, God says to Moses, Moses, the reason why you're doing it right is because you got my spirit. Because if you look at the text, it says, put the text up. The text says, I will take of the, notice the capital S. The only place I see that in scripture is in reference to who? Ah, the who? The Holy Spirit. Watch this. And I will take of the Spirit who's upon you and will put, look at it, look at it, look at this, look at this. Give my next point. Not only do you need to possess the Spirit of your leader, must be a Holy Spirit-filled leader. You want to know why? A lot of pastors are struggling. You got the, the devilish deacons, the tricky trustees. Come on, saints. Amen. I, I got a whole list, but I ain't going to go over that list. It's because, and you know why? You got deacons fighting for control over the money and what the pastor can do and all this other stuff. They don't have his spirit, but they don't even have God's spirit. Let me tell you something. You don't even know how to pray. That's how deep it is. It's the spirit. Spirit-filled people don't come to church services. Spirit-filled people don't sit there and say, zone out. Spirit-filled people who have, listen, if you look at the passion of your leader, you should have the same passion that you possess his spirit. You, you, listen, listen, and especially if you have God's spirit, 
the Holy Spirit. And let me tell you something, when you have the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter how tied up you are. It doesn't matter how, yeah, Lord, the Satan has played tricks on you. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to press your way, and you're going to say, listen, I understand that I'm in a battle. I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that as a leader, I need the Spirit to make it happen. Saints, we are not going anywhere until you possess the Spirit of your pastor. And you are constantly filled. Remember what I told you about the filling of the Holy Spirit? It's temporary. The sealing is permanent. The baptism is permanent. Amen. The positional place that the Holy Spirit places you in the body of Christ is permanent. But the filling. It's unplugged. And until you plug in, I wish I had somebody, into the spirit. Some Saturdays you may say, I can't, I don't feel like it. Some Tuesdays it may get tough in traffic. But I want to tell you something, when you got the Holy Ghost in you, listen, let me tell you something, he has a way of illuminating to you and strengthening you and giving you the power to do things you've never done before. I don't know how I teach seven times a week. Facilitate a school. Grade papers. Come on, somebody. Study to show myself approved. But I found out, I understand now how I do it. It's the Holy Spirit. I give the Spirit of God all the praise this morning. Because without Him, I am nothing. But here's the thing, leaders. God has taken the spirit of the leader, put it on you. He's taken the Holy Spirit, watch this, the disciple that couldn't stay with Jesus. You know when, when Jesus went over to stay here for a while so the watch and pray? They couldn't do it. Because remember, he had not imparted the spirit to him. You want to know why they went fishing? It's the fact. They went fishing for fish. They thought he was gone. But thank God for some spirit-filled women. Amen. Who, listen, they did not have the Holy Spirit yet, but they had the spirit of Jesus. Come here, Mary. Come on, somebody. Mary had the spirit of Jesus. She loved him, but she had the spirit. She said, man, please, I know what they say, but I'm going to go down there. Let me go check this out. The brothers, they're like, man, shoot, he gone, man. What are we going down there for? Let's go back to what we used to do. Some of you are living your Christian life like that. You're just going back what you used to do. But when you have the Spirit of God, there's hope. There's healing. There's deliverance. The Holy Spirit illuminate the word of God 
and you will get your breakthrough because you heard a word from God. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, he says right here. He says, I'll put it on you. And look what he says. And you shall bear, you shall do what? You shall bear the what? See, you can't bear the burdens of your past. Matter of fact, let me ask you this. Do you even know what my burdens are? Only if you have his spirit, only if you have the Holy Spirit, will you understand. Do you understand that bills need to be paid? Do you carry that burden? Do you understand the, the sleepless nights he may have over the church? Do you understand all the burdens that he carries, the guilt of telling you that it's going to be all right, but you never see it happen? Guess what? The Spirit of God is what tells you these things. But if you have his Spirit, you will see what he sees because he's seeing it through spiritual eyes. The word for bear, what it says you will bear the burden, it is the same word that's used for a woman carrying a child. The same pain. Come on, somebody. The nine months of change in her life. Come on, somebody. The, the Amen. The development of the child. He says, and you will become paternal in this journey as a leader, and you will carry the weight with the pastor understanding that in nine months time it's going to get better but guess what he can't carry this by himself you have to be attached you know that that should be a that should be an indictment because if the man of God is up here sweating and laboring and studying and preaching and your life is changing you should say man I'm going to find a way have the spirit of your leader, he will impart that to you. Oh, God. To feel what his family feels. To know what he's going through. And you come alongside him like a father and help him to grow. Look at that word. You got to remember you were chosen to bear the burden. This isn't for everybody. You know what? You know what I counted a privilege? When I went from cleaning the bathrooms to tape ministry, come on somebody, to teaching brotherhood, to finally standing with my pastor, bearing his burden. I'll never forget, I started my business, building websites. pastor shared with me. See, oftentimes your, your leader has no one to talk to other than his wife. And she can't really carry half of what he's going through. She don't even understand the magnitude of it. But I never forget, I was a confidant to my pastor. 
Secretary said, Listen, where's my credit card? Let's pay this bill. He spit out cash and I said, Hey, I know you have your own bank, but if you if you're a leader or if you're a member and you and you have the spirit of God in you, and this is the place that you come to worship every week, you've been chosen to do that. Lastly. He says right here at the end of the verse, so that you will not bear it in vain. That's what he's saying. Look, look what he says. Then the last verse. showed me, you cannot do this. In 1992, in the Olympics, Derek Redmond, I don't know if you, you guys have heard of Derek Redmond, he qualified for the semifinal 400-meter race. He had the fastest time. He said, man, laying on this floor, I said, man, I'm at the Olympics. I got to finish this race. Derek got up and he started hobbling. He said, I'm going to finish this race. And then all of a sudden, he heard a familiar voice. As Derek is I. trying to get, he said, man, leave me alone. And they, they ran, they're running down, the, running down to the finish line. Derek's dad became his brother. Derek's dad became the one that lifted the weight of the pain that he was carrying. And they ran into victory. The crowds were stunned. There was not a dry eye in the place of thousands and thousands of people saying, man, Inside of all of you, there's a leader. 
inside of all of us, but we don't want to be like the children of Israel. We don't want to complain all the time about what we don't have. Stop thinking that you're not good enough. You are good enough. You know why? Because God planted you. And if he placed his precious Holy Spirit in you, that's all, listen, can I say this in the godless way? Because all you need is the Holy Spirit. We operate as spiritual leaders, not as carnal leaders. Carnal churches, they fight, they fuss, they cuss, they talk about each other. There's no unity. There's no spirit. All of a sudden, you're the leader. You don't have the spirit of God in you anymore. So today, as I close, I want to encourage you leaders today. To understand this, that you have to stand like you're a leader. You must be available to your leader. You must possess the spirit of your leader. You must be a spirit-filled leader. Without that, you have nothing.